What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Maxwell Kosmolski. Joined with me is my co-host, Nolan Claypeck. What and up, what up? the very first guest of the New School Podcast, Brian Woodkey. Glad Welcome. to be here. Glad Mr. to be here. Brian Woodkey. How are you? Thanks for having me on, Thanks guys. for coming on. I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing good. We're doing great. I was excited for this podcast. Oh, yeah. A little nervous. You nervous? A little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. nervous, but... I've been waiting to talk about this shit. So let's run it. Fuck it. What well, are we talking about today, Pecker? First thing we're going to talk about is like... Well, I mean, first, let's talk about our brilliant guest. Who the hell is Brian? Woodkey, how how did we meet? Um, Actually, well, it kind of started out through uh, through like you and I through social media. You know, we're both uh, invested in the stock market, looking at different uh, financial markets, real estate, you know, the whole nine yards. And started off just little comments here and there. I'd see your posts and enjoy your insight and give you some feedback and we went back and forth until uh until we know, grabbed a beer together yeah until we grabbed a beer together at at sparky's right yeah two-hearted <clears throat> shout out <laughs> yes sir uh, no yeah, we no advertisement plug on that two-hearted's very good beer mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah we we went to neighboring high schools in southeast michigan so this it was actually my first time meeting brian and you know we we shared some common interests we both saw some flaws in the system and some happenings in the markets, and we needed to talk, and here we are on the podcast. That's right. And so we also on. we also had the genius that brought us together, Nolan over yes, here. Sir, what Pac-Man you, Jones. You're talking about a genius, man. I, I'm trying to put on the right shirt in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Should I just Steve Jobs this situation, just get like 40 black sweaters and just wear them all the time and smell like shit? <laughs> hey, that's where I'm at. Besides the smelling like shit part, and without the... Uh, he didn't wear shoes. I like wearing shoes, but I... I like wearing sweatpants and just a sweatshirt, dude. Like I'm, I'm not a style kind of guy. My girlfriend tells me that all the time, uh, so I, I resonate with Steve Jobs in that aspect. No, hundred percent. No, but all right. Going back to Brian. Um, so Brian, where'd you get your drive from? Was it soccer? Um, I mean, I, I guess I haven't really thought about this. Uh, I'm, I'm a competitor. I guess mm. you could say that soccer is a huge part. Just any sports in general. Anything with competition really drives me. I think since I've left school it's been a lot less about competition with other people and more about competition with myself so absolutely you know Mm -hmm. going to the gym uh hitting you know uh different i guess getting into stocks is kind of a a competition with myself i'm into crypto just learning learning Mm -hmm. Uh, i relate to that strongly the brain is a muscle if you don't use it you lose it people spend all this time on their biceps and you know their legs and arms and chest Mm-hmm. You got to work out those muscles, right. or you lose it. Same right. thing with your brain. Mm-hmm. It's also like a dopamine thing too, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you grow up, you do all this stuff, you win these uh, sporting events, or you're always involved in community. School does do a great job of that community, but mm-hmm. you're always involved in something. And then you get out of it, you can't really, you know. Especially wrestling, I wrestled. Like you can't go, hey, let's go to the park and pick up pick up a wrestling <laughs> match. Right? Nobody's gonna do that. Exactly. Right there. <laughs> Right. So it's like transfer that energy into something else. I still I don't I still don't think I felt the dopamine I have felt from winning in sports in my life now because I don't think I've won at the scale that we've got I think a lot I of work can. to do. We do said, f- we have some high standards for ourselves. We haven't gotten those humongous wins yet. We've had a lot of small tiny wins and probably a little bit more losses than we had wins, but we're still we're still waiting for that big one. What got you into like your drive, Max? Because you're a unique guy, you know. You know, I think I could attribute it to one moment, and 
even as a 14 year old, uh, it's, I, I think it's okay. I think at first, even Andy Frisella has said this, who he's a guy we listen to a lot. You hear us mention it a lot. At first, a lot of people, the drive is the money, the material possessions, all that kind of hoorah. When I was, I was either 14 or it was 2014 and I was in Florida and I saw a video about some mega yachts. And honestly, I think that might've been like one of the clicks, like, it kind of like made me realize, all right, I can, like, if these people can do it, I mean, I can do it. I don't even need to strive for a mega yacht. I could just take care of my family and make sure my family doesn't have to worry about finances and stuff. So that was, that was kind of one of the beginning parts. Uh, when I was eight years old, I was introduced to the Lamborghini and I, I <laughs> fucking loved it. Everything, dude, the name Lamborghini. What Lamborghini? The car, uh, well, at the time it was, a. Uh, Mercy Lago, 2006 or so, but I like all of them. <laughs> so it started with the material possessions, and then as I got older, I mean, I'm still only 23, but I've realized that a lot of this stuff, it's like the real drive, the thing that'll keep us going for the long run is the fulfillment and the impact. Realizing that you can look at something you created and see that it's, it's amazing, and it did the world good. So that's what that's what drives me now. 100%. That's why we're here on the podcast, and we're going to talk about some things that we believe are very important. And yeah, let's give them a little glimpse of what we're going to talk about today. So, um, real quick though, before that, Brian, how old are you? I'm 22. I turned 23 uh, in four four months now. I believe four months, five months. Uh, I'm an electrician's apprentice. I'm studying to get my journeyman's and then my master's, and hopefully take over the family business okay so uh my my interest in uh entrepreneurship and running a business and different uh finances has kind of grown naturally just from from learning the trade and knowing where i'm headed so where did, where did that start so like flash flashback you're 18 i don't know if you graduated 18 17 whatever 17 okay 17 well done sir <laughs> Uh, so you graduate, you go to CMU, right? We're mm -hmm. all from CMU. Yeah, Holy exactly. shit. I forgot yeah. about even, that. Even right? our How audio, many semesters did audio you make producer. Uh, three semesters. Hey, actually, yeah, hey, so. I did one. Okay, there you go. I had 13 credits, though. Yep, all three of my roommates at Central only made it one semester. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, half of our room was gone by the second <laughs> semester. <laughs> yeah. Our yeah, audio producer that. was uh, with us. In that dorm, mm -hmm. shout out to Jay Cotter. Yeah, shout out to Jay Cotter. He's handing all the audio. He'll be editing the videos. Uh, he's also a badass musician. If you guys want to go check him out, I believe his channel is Jay Cotter. Uh, he's on IG, Spotify. I don't know if he's on Apple Music. I'll clarify that in a future episode or something like that. But going back to Brian, he so is. you're at Central, mm -hmm. and then you drop <laughs> out, or what made you drop um, out? So I had went to college as just kind of like a, a pressure, you know, my parents, society, everyone around me, where, where are you going to school? What are you going to study? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I went to Central without a clue of what I wanted to do, hmm. which was my biggest mistake. I wish I would have stayed home and went to OCC, some community college where it costed less. Well, it's the American way, <laughs> right? Right, right. But I, I, I go to Central. Uh, I'm in all these prereqs paying you know, insane amounts of money to go, you know, pass classes. I wasn't, I wasn't going to school to learn. I was going to school to pass the class and get a grade and get that piece of paper at the end. And I, I think after 
a couple of my roommates dropped out, it kind of clicked in my head that like I'm uh, there's no reason for me to be here. There's so many other opportunities where I did I I could learn while getting paid instead of paying to learn. Right. So I think once that clicked in my head, I I realized that that there were better options for me. Mm-hmm. And it just school school wasn't it. Yeah, and so you came back, you started working for the electrical company, which is your family's business. Yeah, M&D Electric, yep. Okay, awesome. Shout out to them. Yeah. If, if you're in uh, Michigan, Oakland County area, you need an electrician, shoot us an email. We'll plug that. Um, so you get into electricity. Did that relate to crypto? And by the way, everybody, crypto, crypto is what we are going to be talking about today. Well, if not you, just crypto. Crypto and pen clicks. <laughs> Jay's telling him to shut up with the pen click. Yeah, Jay. Um, I would say I would say electricity had little little to do with with me getting involved in crypto mining. Okay. Um, mostly it was actually like connections. I have a cousin who's been mining since 2017, actually, and he's been big into crypto. He actually bought Bitcoin in 2014 or 2015, and uh, he might. Mu- I think bad. I think he was 16 or 17. At the time, and when it went on its crazy run, he, he must have 10 or 20 x and sold out. So I know he's kicking himself. But he's the one that really, really spurred me to uh, get a, get the, the hardware to mine and buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, buy the different cryptos and learn about the market. I actually bought Bitcoin for the first time in college when I was at Central in mm-hmm. 2017. Oh, shit. Hey, around. same. I, I was in the dorm buying Bitcoin, yep, yep. And Bitcoin Tra- and Litecoin, and Trading, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, this, this shit's going to go up forever. Right. Let's right. buy it. Yeah, that euphoria is kind of what gets people hooked Yeah. into, into finance and the hey, markets. You, hey, in that market, you can turn $40 into 1000 but right. what else can you do? You Just can... as easily, you could turn $1,000 into 40 right? <laughs> Yeah, been there, done that. So what, what is that? All right, so take us to 2014. What's Bitcoin at? Uh, it's in the hundred hundred dollar range, right? Okay, I, it has to be like somewhere somewhere between seven hundred and a hundred dollars. So, uh, I think when my cousin showed me the Bitcoin he had, he had like seven or eight of them. Fuck, dude. I'm, I feel it's really upsetting looking back, but hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, if you could if you could take a ten twenty x on your money right now, would you do it? Yeah. Dep- depends you, on depends on what it was for, you know, right. if it contributed to society or not, or something like that. Right, right. But you'd be happy with with a thousand percent returns. Ten hey, percent a year is the industry standard. Right. I take that bag. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So. so what what about twenty seventeen? Right. So you said he started mining in seventeen. What's the price then? Uh, twenty seventeen. Nineteen k. What? Yeah, Bitcoin went 19, from what two thousand to nineteen thousand in the span of like six months. I think it was. Yeah. I remember sitting in my in my dorm room watching it on my laptop and at the time when I bought it, it was two or three thousand per Bitcoin. And I remember watching it just waiting for it to come back down. Waiting for it to come back down. I'll buy more and it just kept going. It kept going and kept going. Well eventually she came back down. <clears throat> yeah, she did. Nineteen K yeah. to three K in a year or two. The yeah. mining is the mining is the craziest thing because like you guys were saying about <clears throat> us networking on Instagram and everything like that. And that the mine was the thing. We were like, this kid's got is mining it, you know? Yeah. We were like, Yeah, we gotta go talk to him for sure. That's uh that's definitely an interesting interesting topic. I mean the that's what gives 
crypto most of its value is the is the network. Yeah, the, the proof of work. The proof. The of electricity work was required to. Yeah, the secure you know, the security involved with the proof of work system, um, and it, it gives you a way to use the electricity that's going to waste. If you look at a lot of the big miners around the world, the Bitcoin miners, they're in places where there's an excess of electricity. You know, you can't you can't take electricity and send it all the way across the world because you lose you you know every certain amount of distance you lose that electricity you lose that amperage so in certain places where you have access it's it's you basically are monetizing that energy and turning it into a digital asset where in a place where it would just go to waste otherwise 100% i love the concept cuz it it can be tied to gold too you know it, the economic output that is required to bring this thing into existence gives it that value. Right. The only reason it has value is because, you know, value was provided to create it. Right. Exactly. So, you know, to get gold out of the ground, you can't just snap your fingers. You put together a rig, the permitting, you hire the labor, you do the scouting, you figure it out. And then same with Bitcoin, you need mm. to exchange electricity to, you know, right. help secure the blockchain. Right. You can't just create a Bitcoin out of thin air. Mm. So, you know, we perceive value on both of these things. Right. Not to mention, um, elect it, for those viewers that uh, don't know a lot about electricity, electricity is a lot like water. And what Brian's saying is that there's a lot of untapped streams that still have current running mm. through them. And those that current is not being utilized. But with mining, it is. Right, right. You take a, you take a stream... That's just flowing off into into the woods. You know, obviously, with water, it's a little bit different because the water that flows off and runs kind of to nowhere mm-hmm. is still providing value for the for the living things for around the ecosystem. It. That right? yeah, that's the one. Very the deep, one difference bro. That was good. Is like, uh, I guess you're taking a stream and you're diverting it to a to like a a civilization of people where they can use it to wash themselves and. And drink, stay hydrated, and clean off, you know. So then when you go real deep, right, and you think about the fact that uh, that that water or that electricity is running to then provide this value, well, money provides value, and money buys food, and money buys water, Mm -hmm. and money buys the resources to live a life and a certain quality of life. So let's let's just, before we real deep dive crypto, let's talk about what money is, 100%. Because... Before I met Max, I didn't know what the fuck money was. I was right. like – and then he, he's running numbers on every single thing we're doing, time equivalent, and we're like, dude, we're going nowhere unless we get off our ass mm-hmm. straight well, up. Well, money, so. money is just a, a medium of exchange, really. I mean if you, if you look at you know, the history of human civilization, money has been all sorts of different things. You know, It could have been rocks. At one point, it was seashells. Seashells were right. used to trade you know, your – your this this house that I built out of out of you know mud and and rocks is worth this many seashells or or this water that I've collected or this rainwater I've collected is worth this many seashells. People would trade seashells. At one point, it was gold. You know, silver, precious metals were used as a medium of exchange. As long as two people are doing a transaction and they both assign value, then essentially it's it's money to them at least. Yeah, money can be anything. Yeah, you. I mean, money could be money a fifty-five can... gallon <clears throat> drum of gasoline. 
All right, you so know, it, like that's I'm, that holds value, but it's not portable or anything. Right. Nobody would want to use a fifty-five gallon drum to be money. Right. So there's other attributes that you know you said a medium of exchange. It needs to be portable. Has to mm-hmm. be durable, divisible, yep. fungible. There you go. Uh, so what do you like? Go into the portable thing because we had talked about that yesterday. Well, that was the portable thing. Like the only reason because we all use gasoline. Mm-hmm. Most of us, you could use. You could say something else like salt. Mm-hmm. We all use salt. If you wanted to exchange salt for a uh, a forty dollar item at the grocery store or something like that, how how big is forty dollars worth of salt? You might have to bring in a right. a fifty pound bag to barter fifty or you know this much salt for this forty dollar good. So for that reason, we can't use salt. We can't use gasoline. We can't use. Things like that. So it needs to be portable. It, the value has to be, uh, I don't know, dense in value. No, 100%. Yeah, Is that cause, right? Yeah, because yesterday you were, you were like, imagine bringing a 55-gallon barrel of oil and trying to exchange it for like you know 200 packs of gum. Right. Be, dude, <laughs> dude would be like, Yeah, what a pack of gum fuck, can bro? be a medium of exchange. Yeah. And at, at the end of the day, like the money is just a certificate of value provided. Mm-hmm. And right now, the money that we use is a federal reserve note. It's a piece of cotton. Some people call it paper. I think it's made out of cotton. It is. And or, is it cotton or is it is it wool? I think it's cotton. Jake Cotter, you know? Is it cotton? Yeah. It's what, cotton. Whatever it is, it is a certificate of provided value. But here's where things get interesting and things get skewed. When the US government, well not the US government, the Federal Reserve increases the money supply of US dollars all U.S. dollars that have ever been created in existence, half of them were created after COVID. How is that a certificate of value provided? The Federal Reserve just hit a few keystrokes and boom, trillion dollars comes out. Boom, here's $3 trillion. So this messes with our money. This is what I carry in my wallet. This is what I use as a medium of exchange to buy my packs of gum, buy my dinner for my family, buy this, buy that. And we're supposed to have confidence in our money. It's supposed to be a certificate of value provided. But now, if they're printed by the trillions, there no value has been provided to do that. None whatsoever. Yeah, so no value provided, inflation happens, basically, right? Yeah, well, there's two... Uh, some people will say that inflation is the increase of the money supply, which I think is the actual definition, but... Then people tie it into an increase in prices, but some people will say that's just a symptom of inflation. Because if the government or the Federal Reserve printed $100 trillion and just kept it in a bunker, nothing would really happen. Because the prices go up, it's more money than before chasing just the same amount of goods. Mm -hmm. Too much money chasing too few goods results in a supply-demand... Fluctuation? Yeah, fluctuation. Thank you. Uh, a supply-demand fluctuation, and the price goes up because there's more money chasing fewer goods. So that you asked about inflation. That's that's what I got. So so when you when you guys that that's part of the reason why I feel like people that know crypto are even getting into it or really spending a lot of time knowing or trying to figure it out, even though we really don't know if rug pulls are going to happen or if this should Nakamoto. What is that guy's name? Satoshi. 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 Yeah, one of you guys owes each other a Coke, by the <laughs> way. But 
Yeah, that guy. Like, what if that guy rug pulls? You know? Right. Well, there who, there who is knows? some uh, there is a case that could be made of Satoshi Nakamoto having access to 1.1 million Bitcoin. Not that I'm an expert or anything. Do not take this as investment advice or anything. But I have heard cases that suggest that if that were true, then one person controls 1.1 million of the 19 million Bitcoin. That's that's over five percent of the supply, right? If he decided to dump, well, he does. And there's no proof that this wallet has ever been accessed, but there is a wallet. It's on on the blockchain, the open ledger. You can see that there's over a million Bitcoin in it. It hasn't been touched since Bitcoin's creation. So, and in a way, if you think about it, if you're Satoshi and you've created this this revolutionary cryptocurrency, this immutable blockchain, you know, uh, uncensorable It's changing the concept of money forever. Would you would you ever sell out and and get fiat the he don't want fiat to, to get U.S. dollars that are are being inflated at a moment's notice? A snap nah, bro, he's he's a king, dude, and it's he a, would destroy his creation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if he if would all those were dumped on the market, then that would change Bitcoin forever. Mm-hmm. It would it would change everything. There is not enough liquidity to support five percent no. of the market being sold at once. No chance. No chance. He would have to unload it in in small amounts at a time but then again with the way the the ledger is open and viewable for anyone the moment you see 0.1 bitcoin leave that wallet imagine the cascade the panic in the market yeah cnbc posts an article and then right it's down and then there's there's another guy again i i can't verify this with 100 percent certainty but a guy in india said that he bought a million bitcoin at 80 dollars Mm-hmm. And he still holds it all. So if that's the case... He bought 80 million Bitcoins? So yeah, if that's that the right? case, we're talking about two individuals In 2014? Probably before that. But if that's the case, we're talking about two individuals controlling 2.1 million Bitcoin, which is... 10% of the 10, supply. 10%, 11% right. of the supply. So how big is Bitcoin? Because I know you know this answer, Max. And I actually then, don't. And then I want to ask Brian it, a question. It just, it's like a tri- just under a trillion right now. It's probably an $800 billion market yeah. cap. Yeah, with, with a recent like drop. That. Which is... I, I always uh, have Max say this to me because it makes me put it in perspective, but what is that smaller than? Um, uh, well, Apple hit a $3 trillion market cap recently, and I think the highest Bitcoin ever got was 1.2, 1.3, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe 1.4. Yeah. The highest the crypto market cap ever got was just over $2 trillion. So we have this one company of Microsoft or Apple. Right. Yeah. So we have these individual companies that are worth far more than all cryptocurrencies combined. So, Brian, if you think about it, compare this to the dot com bubble or not the bubble, the dot com boom, the revolution of the Internet. Where are we? Are we in the 1999 area? Are we in are we in 1992 of the Internet revolution relative to the blockchain, because the blockchain is so efficient that it will find a way in almost every aspect of our of our life mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, cryptocurrencies is that thing that uh, you don't you don't really see coming, and it's been around for twelve, almost thirteen years now, and uh, you know it's still so small in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, the total addressable market on the planet, all the money that, all the real estate, all the gold, everything totals over 400 trillion i think it might even be higher than that a guy that i 
uh, sure it listened is. to on the internet. It's got to be. Uh, Egon von Greyers, he was like a Swiss banker or something. A uh, very credible guy. He estimates that all the global derivatives are valued at about 2.4 quadrillion mm-hmm. USD. All the derivatives, all the mortgage-backed securities, all the stock markets everywhere, all the gold, all all the Bitcoin. So what what is that relative to the the global pretty much monetary supply? If there's 2.4 quadrillion dollars in notional value or nominal value, uh, I don't know if notional is the right word, and Bitcoin has ballpark at 1 trillion what is that? One two thousand four hundredth of it, of right? The global, right. It you is know, fiat currency. Very, very small. And and I guess I wouldn't say Bitcoin's goal is to become the world reserve currency. I think that's the end game for it eventually. Because if you look at any fiat currency that's ever existed, they all trend to zero. All of them. All of them. But every single one, besides the ones that are still alive today. Right. And they've been around for hundreds, hundreds of years. I don't know this number specifically, how, you know, when the first one came or not, but. So we were on, we were on inflation, right? And then I asked, like, does that inflation make you, make crypto more desirable? Oh, it certainly that, can what, bring some appeal. So from that, I mean, why? Like, what's, what the fuck is our debt at? Well, we're in the lo- United States, by the way. Well, let me, let me address your first question about inflation. Why would someone want to put their money in Bitcoin rather than the U.S. dollar? Okay. Well, we brought up that the government is printing trillions of dollars, and the government isn't actually printing trillions of dollars. The Federal Reserve, which is a private central bank, they are printing the dollars, and they are buying government debt with those newly printed dollars. But is our government— So it's a loophole. The government is not allowed to print money. So the Federal Reserve prints it. We're asking them for the money, though, are we not? Are we? Is our Treasury asking them for the money? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, all this stuff is being coordinated. It's being done on purpose. But with that being said, and on top of all the supply chain problems, which easily could be a symptom of inflation, uh, the government issued statistic on inflation. They call it the Consumer Price Index. It is 7%. That means the value of our dollars in our wallet are losing 7% of the purchasing power every single year. So, if you want to take the advice that you received growing up, you know, save your money. Put it in a bank account. Yeah, save your money. Put it in the bank. Don't spend it and save Earn it. Earn interest on your money. Yeah. That's what my parents told me when I was little. Put your money in a savings account and earn interest on it. Oh, it was I remember it was learning about it in then. elementary school. Uh, you know, if you put X amount of money into a bank account, how many years would it take for you to get to a million? Oh yeah, that's that's the uh, the rule of seventy two can determine that. Uh, maybe it's not it's not fresh enough on my memory for mm-hmm. me to describe it. But with, what does that mean? Seven percent inflation. If I put one hundred thousand dollars into my bank account today, because say I just got I don't know I won the Powerball, I got an inheritance, and my finances are set for the next year, and I want to prepare for the year after that. I'm going to put that 100K away, and I'm going to make sure that 2023, I'm able to survive. Well, over the last year, December of 2020 to December of 2021, the loss of purchasing powers of our dollars were 7%. So that 100K that I put away, it can buy $100,000 worth of goods today. But in that future time, a year after, if inflation is the exact same, it'll only produce $93,000 worth of goods. Is that good or bad? That's horrible. That's awful. And that's awful. is that number even if, even correct? No. 
no, we're no being chance. lied to. No chance. If you if you look at the numbers over time and how I said all the fiat currencies trend towards zero in nineteen thirteen, one dollar could buy you the equivalent of uh, 30, 30 Hershey bars, I believe it was. Holy cow. So so one dollar today. Um, Tell them what's significant about 1913. Federal Reserve was created. Right. Our own this central is, this bank. Is, this is right before all of your money got inflated to nothing. Well, it took a long time, but in, in just <laughs> o- in just over a hundred years, uh, your 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 one dollar has lost. What is it? I think it's ninety-seven percent or more of yeah, its purchasing yeah. power. It uh, a dollar back then is the equivalent of twenty-six dollars and forty cents today. So if you were to put, uh, I'm trying to think, if you were to put a hundred dollars away, what would that give you? It'd give you a bad return. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know I don't, the number, not, but it I'm would give good, you a very bad return. I'm not good with math, but it, you're, you're, the best advice I can give you is do not save your money. Do not save your cash. Put it into assets. Put it into real estate. Put it into something that's going to appreciate over time. Because as long as that what's the that what's the word appreciate me? I'm sorry to um, no. That's I'm just a guy. I'm a viewer. I don't know shit about money. Right. Uh-huh. Appreciate in value is increase in value. Increase in value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, so what do you say, Brian? You said real estate. What 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 are the some of the things that you listed off? Well, before before I say this, I don't want to. I, I want to say this isn't financial advice, right? Yeah, that because, makes sense. Because there's a possibility that everything goes down. But if you if you look at the the history of the markets, you know, broad uh, stock market indexes like the S and P five hundred, the Dow Jones, uh, Nasdaq, the Nasdaq. If you if you buy into those over time, they have gone up. You know. Uh, Past results are not indicative of the future, but if you look at the chart, I mean, it trends upward. Uh, if you look at gold, silver, uh, a lot of cryptos, Bitcoin, real estate, over time, these things increase in value as the monetary supply increases. And I think that's a key thing is is these things probably wouldn't increase in value if the monetary supply wasn't increasing. What's the monetary supply? The amount of money in the in the market in the total right. market. Okay. Yeah, they get pushed up with the monetary supply. Exactly. Other, otherwise, they would have to increase their value proposition yeah. as a business. Say you're investing in Apple or whatever. They grew as a company. They mm-hmm. grew separate from our monetary system expanding. Right. Exactly. Because they they were just expanding their business. Yeah. If you look at if you look at gold, I guess in this in this instance is if there's if there's only you know, $100, and this is a hypothetical, if there's only $100 worth of money in the market and there's and there's one ounce of gold out there, that one ounce of gold could possibly be worth $100, right? It could be worth all the money in the in the financial market. Yeah, because they've backed currencies with gold. For, yeah, as, for as they print more time. money, if you, if you take that one ounce of gold and, you, and it stays the same and they print you know, 10 times more money. Now there's $1,000 in the financial markets. That one ounce of gold could now be worth $1,000. So the idea of, of something going up in value a lot of times is limited to the monetary supply. Okay. But, but it, it also depends on how much value is created over time too. Right. And then you got to think about like the, the Venezuelan stock market. We see these nominal numbers going up 
Venezuela, for anybody who doesn't know, they suffered from horrible, horrible hyperinflation. They're all trillionaires. They didn't start out trillionaires. Mm -hmm. There's money on the streets. But Venezuela had the number one performing stock market in all of history. And that's because of the inflation. But were right. people getting rich? Because there was, there was no value really being created. It was, right. it was money being pumped into the markets. Right. So at that point, their money is not a certificate of value provided. No. No. So any money that is printed should indefinitely have be printed f like with the purpose of it having intrinsic value and yeah. not the purpose of it diluting the value of the purchasing power. So like... I want to go get gas, you know, money's inflated. Now it's 380, you know, but uh, originally it was like th $3, right? But I still am making the same amount of money at my job. Right. Right. Fuck, yeah. So dude. With, with inflation. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you said that. I don't that. know if you guys heard that, but holy shit. Also, take what you like, leave what you don't. This isn't financial advice. Don't come at us, dude. We'll come <laughs> at you. No, I'm just kidding. Either way. <laughs> What are you saying, Max? I'm sorry, bro. Uh, I don't know. It's the naysayers. Yeah, I don't remember what I was saying. It's all right. Okay. Um, so going going from that, what got you guys on the crypto bug? Because profit, money, and technology. Money. Money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I think everybody it. wants that. Uh, you see you see the line going up. You see the the Bitcoin going up. You want to hop in for the ride and make some quick cash and. I think that was that was my interest at first. Mm -hmm. You know, I, when I was in college, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. I was broke. Man, I had $300 to my name at, in college. Like, I'm going to go All spend in Bitcoin. that on... Yeah, I'm going to go spend <laughs> that on some, some beer and some food, you know? Like, yeah. Why not put it in and try and make some money here? Right. That was my, my initial interest. Hey, and that's more than I was doing in college, bro. As I dove in more and more, uh, I got I got more interested in how money works, you know? I mean, I think crypto opened up a whole uh, world of interest for me in in the different markets and in inflation. And I don't know, it's it's uh, it's definitely changed the way I look at, at, at things, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, like, we got into it for profit, but we see a lot of people, like, I see this on Twitter, people are pumping Bitcoin because they're hating on the U.S. dollar, and we're not the only currency that's going to crap right, right now. All central banks around the world are printing their currency to oblivion. So, you know, the profit, in, it, it entices people, but a lot of people just want to get out of U.S. dollars. And one thing that you mentioned that I want to touch on is, you know, uh, you said don't hold cash. Ray Dalio says cash is trash. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. It is trash, but it offers you that option premium to be able to take advantage of volatility rather than right. being taken advantage of. Exactly. I, I'm all for parking all of my wealth in assets because I know that the U.S. dollar, I'm guaranteed a 7% loss every year. So I'm not a fan of that. I'm sure you guys aren't either. No. So I'd want to put park my money in wealth. Maybe I want to park my money in Bitcoin. <clears throat> but what if I bought Bitcoin at 60000 You'd be in bad shape. Yeah. Right now, Pe right? People want to protect their wealth and, you know, they think it's a good idea to buy Bitcoin. Not that it's a bad idea. I am not saying that. I, I mean, I've owned Bitcoin from time to time, mm -hmm. but it it's one of many options to protect yourself. Right. It You get that volatility, which some people may or may not like. Like we talked about before, $40 into 1000 or 1000 into 40 People don't, Just people might not like that. Just depends on your timing. Right. There's, a, there's, there's guys who bought 
Bitcoin for under $100 that are doing very, very well today. And then there's guys who bought Bitcoin, guys and girls, I should say, who bought Bitcoin at, you know, 69000 Yeah. down 50%. Yeah. Right now, as we speak, uh, whenever you're listening to it, to this, like we're, this is January. Bitcoin is at like 35,000 or something. Yeah, 35,000. And whatever the market cap was at the peak at, you know, we'll round it up to 70K. Mm-hmm. Say it was 1.4 trillion, 1.2 trillion. So, what was 1.2 or 1.3 or 1.4 trillion? The the mar- market total cap? market cap of Bitcoin. Okay, I don't know that for a fact. It give or take a hundred billion dollars or so. But if the price is half, then the market cap is half. Right. So half of that volume happened at the top. There was so many people who bought it way higher than the price is right now. So then you bring in. The idea of diversification. Do you want to put 100% of your net worth into Bitcoin at X price when you know that crypto can have a lot of crazy volatility? You know, the U.S. government or the Senate or something, they can make a comment about Bitcoin and then down right. 11%. Yep. Uh, you know, Ch- China can say, oh, Bitcoin's illegal. And then boom, 30 days of yep. just blood in the streets. Yeah. Elon Musk. Yeah. Elon, Elon Musk, Musk tweets. Well, Those are the best. What what drove Bitcoin down from Elon's tweet? Uh, oh, he well, said something they, about the energy ex- that they it accepted, requires. They Tesla started accepting Bitcoin as payment for their cars, and over the span of I think three months, they had three Teslas bought with Bitcoin. Um, well, only three. Only three. Nobody nobody wants to spend their Bitcoin on a depreciating asset like a car. That um, dude's all over the place, man. So He's so all when he place. announced when he announced that they would be accepting it. Bitcoin skyrocketed. You know, this is the the mainstream adoption of crypto. This is mm-hmm. this is it. You know, it's it's gonna become the the main monetary or main currency. But a few months later, he came out and and said that you know, due to environmental concerns and how much how much energy Bitcoin mining uses, we won't be accepting Bitcoin until we can verify that. Fifty percent or more of the Bitcoin miners are using sustainable energy. I feel like that energy is already being used. That's what you explained earlier. Oh yeah, no, and I think I think you have certain cases in the United States. I think it's a lot closer to fifty percent renewable energy in Bitcoin mining. But if if you look at other countries like China or or uh, Russia or you know places in Europe, there's a there's a lot of uh, not unclean energy dirty energy i guess you could say you know uh that they use to mine bitcoin so i think i think elon had a a really good idea with with waiting until bitcoin was more sustainable and i think bitcoin also is going to drive that innovation as well right with sustainable energy so but it was that was just a consequence of this this new market right it's small it's volatile people do know things about it people don't know about it uh, retail investors come in and move the price. Mm-hmm. Big whales, you know, yep. large financial institutions move the markets, and it's tweets. it's tweets vo- move the market. Yeah, tweets move the market. So if you want to protect the purchasing power of your dollars, you know, maybe putting it in Bitcoin, you it, it you got to at least little, know what you're getting yourself into. Right, right. It might be a little bit more risky, and it it all depends on your risk tolerance too. As an investor, what can you what can you afford to lose? I mean, if you're if you're my age, 22, turning 23, I've got, hopefully, n- knock on wood, I've got a lot more years ahead of me to make up for any possible losses. I could put, you know... So go big or go home you right gotta, now. You've got to take the take, risks take now. Take risks now because you, you, ha- you have the risk tolerance. If you're if you're 60 years old... you got a and, family. And you have a family to 
take care of and you're not retired or say say you're retired, you can't afford to put your money into a risky asset, volatile asset like right. Bitcoin. Because if you lose, then then what? You only have a certain amount of time to make that back. And there's not enough time to make that back. So really comes down to your risk, risk tolerance. I view Bitcoin as offense. You know, crypto, it's it's the offense part of the trade. Some people might call uh bonds and whatnot the defense mm -hmm. you know gold it's like a slow moving thing yeah you're not you're not going to see your gold lose 60 percent of its value in a 30-day period right you know at at worst i mean we we might see i don't know 20 percent move in a month so you know it's it's all about diversification you've got your offensive plays your defensive plays when i first started dabbling in crypto after getting burned in 2017 I only had 3% of my portfolio in, in crypto, and I, it was all in Bitcoin. I bought it at $9,000. Mm -hmm. And, what, you know, everyone started talking about it. You know, you started hearing about it more and more. CNBC adopted it. And then I started looking into these technologies, and I was like, oh, my God, this, this is phenomenal. This, this, is this is like 1995 of the Internet. Right. Mm -hmm. Blockchain is going to change the game. Yeah, this is And I love it. I can't wait till our government is in the on the blockchain where everything is transparent. Yep. Everything is open source. No funny business can ever happen. That sounds like it's in everyone's best interest. I think so. Maybe some unintended consequences. I mean, what do I know? I haven't done that deep dive of a Right. You know. I have this Max, I have this feeling that crypto, I mean, obviously we're at the tip of the iceberg. I just have this feeling that the top chunk is going to break off. There's going to be a new tip that everybody sees, but there's still going to be all that iceberg underneath mm -hmm. it. Because once you understand what the processing power of crypto, the ability of it, and how it can integrate into the world we live in now, insane. What would be the best, each of, each of you, what would be the best advice you would give somebody that's thinking about crypto? What would be the number one thing that you wish somebody told you when you got into it? Might have to give me a second to think about that. I, right, I'll, I'll, I'll go do, first. I'll then. do mine. I'll, I'll or you can go. You can go. Uh, I was thinking of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Yeah, FOMO is a very important part because when you see somebody turn, when you see your buddy turn, I don't know, two grand into eighteen grand, and you know they, Woo! You, yeah, you see yeah, some, baby. you see somebody create essentially like forty weeks of honest labor just out of thin air mm -hmm. buying. Bitcoin for X and selling it for X plus 10 or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it is. So the FOMO, it, you need to pay attention to it. The volatility, you need to pay attention to it. You 1 million percent need to know what you're getting yourself into. And you need to diversify your portfolio. You can't, maybe you want your entire portfolio in Bitcoin with its volatility. What's a portfolio? Maybe you don't. It, it can be a basket of, you know, maybe you got I don't own any real estate yet, but maybe someone is holding 40% of their net worth in real estate. You know, they can they can have 10% in gold, 10% in US treasuries, 20% in US dollars just to take advantage of uh, market dips and buy the dip, and they could have 20% in stocks. Or I don't fun know. or fun money, you know? Getting, yeah. getting getting wasted with your boys, right. dog. Yeah, and not everyone needs to manage a portfolio just because this is something that interests me. Uh, at the end of the day, people just need to take care of their finances because no mm. one's going to take care of you. The government... The government's like, definitely it is, not It is not solvent enough no. to take care of us years down the road. 
So we need to take care of ourselves. I want to be able to provide an extraordinary life for my girlfriend and my two hypothetical kids that don't exist yet. And I, I want to create generational wealth. <laughs> and, you know, I, I am doing this by building a portfolio, managing the portfolio, you know, whether I have, you know, 10% in uranium miners and a little bit in uh, gold, silver, uranium explorers. Maybe I'm investing in battery metals like cobalt, nickel, and copper because I see the electrification of the world growing. So all of this stuff, like nobody needs to be a financial expert. Maybe it's in someone's best interest that's listening to maybe just go on YouTube and learn just a little bit and then take the next step after that. Every st- it, It's just one step at a time. If you got to talk to your cousin, if you got to talk to a professional to manage your money, maybe you don't want to deal with this shit. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's no fun at all. Mm-hmm. It, it sucks seeing your money, you know, go down the drain, but you can't, I mean, you can not, you can just not invest, but I wouldn't just not invest knowing that it could go down. So with that being said, it's all about knowledge. What would someone want to do before they get involved in crypto? Mm-hmm. Just learn. Don't just jump into it. That's literally how, if you want to lose money, just jump into it blindly. But if you don't want to lose money, then learn what you're doing and then make a calculated decision. Address your entire portfolio. Make sure your other positions are set before you're YOLOing everything in Bitcoin. All right, that's my spiel. Learn from Max's wounds. Yeah, I think think to build off of uh, what Max said is uh, learn. Like, like my, my thing that I wish somebody had told me before I started investing was if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. I like, call that es- entrepreneur math. <laughs> Especially <laughs> in the crypto space, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And if, or it won't last forever. It, exactly. And if some and if somebody's telling you about some crypto that's making them insane gains or or telling you to buy into this, spend some time and dig into it before you before you risk any of your money. Like I said, it's all all comes down to risk, risk reward. You know, are you willing to lose everything that you put in? And if you are, if you believe in what you're putting your money into, you should be willing to lose everything that you put in. You should be willing to to be able to sit back on those red days and hold on because you believe in what you put your money into. I don't personally, I don't put my money into something that I don't believe in. In a long term investment in companies uh, in the stock market, I have to absolutely believe in the vision of the company to to put my money into it you know that's a great yeah, point, and a bro. diligent investor looks at more than just you know the company's vision the management the the balance sheet what what's their revenue what are their mm. expenses what are their liabilities exactly well, i'm no professional when it comes to that, that but I think, that it, i think you you should well if you're if you're super interested in the markets and you want to manage your own portfolio it's important to look at those things but if you're if you're you know a casual investor or you want somebody else to manage your investments, but you want to say in what kind of companies you put money into, I think it's important to believe more than anything. But yeah, like 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 Max said, if you're if you're controlling your own investments, look into their financials, look into their mm-hmm. management, look into their 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 revenue and their profit, and I. There's so many different things that you should be studying about these companies that you're invested mm-hmm. into. But if you're not into that, have someone else manage right. it. You know? I Just think, do something. Do I something. Think, uh, Something's got to be done. There's, a story. Al- there's also other points to look at fi- like financial decisions, too. Like I read 
uh, books by Jocko Willink, you know, discipline equals freedom, leadership coming from the top down. Look at who the leader is of that company. If, if that person is a bad motherfucker, woman or man, mm-hmm. invest in them. They're probably going to win. The good right. bad, though. That's what you mean for yeah. the people yeah, who the don't good, know. The good bad motherfucker. Yeah. The good bad. Yeah, yeah. My bad. So when I say good bad mother, no, I'm just kidding. Like they're not bad. No. But they're bad. They yeah. could come out if they were in the UFC. They could come out to the song by MGK, "Bad Motherfucker" with Kid Rock, uh-huh. and they could actually have some swagger. Um, All right. But going from that, if you guys are going to get into crypto, I think it's a good idea to just take your time with it. That's what I'm hearing from these guys. Again, I don't know shit. Like Max is the first one to show me what a portfolio was, and I actually wrote it down, and I did it simple as hell. Like took all my finances, 100%, and I just wrote down a percentage, and then I wrote down what I wanted to put into it, and then the money I made, I did the numbers, and then that's what went into that. And I've been just trying to do that consistently. I I really don't know much about crypto, but I know that I've seen people do great things with it. Not to mention what's going on in the world, in the future world. Holy shit, crypto goes deep. Uh, so I think we're going to end up doing a, a definite, definitely another podcast. This one might be a two-parter, this one. But we should do another podcast with you two. And we should just go over how to... Get into crypto, how to maybe what uh, MetaMask to use or what wall. Again, like, I don't know shit. I'm just trying to learn. It's a constantly evolving industry. So really, it's all time sensitive. And uh, well, it's not all time sensitive, but it requires someone to pay attention. That's one thing. Like the market is changing every every second. Yeah. You know, there's there's a different outlook Every day, it seems like. So it's it's a lot to keep up with. No, 100%. All right. Well, uh, I before we wrap up part one, I, I really wanted to go into what our debt's at. Yeah, you know, because this, this I is think a good crypto, topic. Because I think crypto is almost if, – if crypto doesn't work, I feel like we're a little bit screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, a there is sense. a good chance. So what's going on on usdebtclock.org, Max? This is one of my favorite websites. So we're talking Max about Payne. crypto, Bitcoin, all this. And then there's also shit coins. And people will, on the internet, they'll shill their, ship co- their shit coins. Like, oh, go buy Cum Doge Shiba Inu Rocket. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go 100x, I promise. And they're just shit coins. It's just a string of code and someone created it. It doesn't have a real world value proposition or anything. But... There was some memes going around uh, near the end of last year or third quarter or something, and they were talking about the ultimate shitcoin, the U.S. dollar. You know, uh, I heard this statistic recently. I don't, I don't know if it's uh, 100% true, but I know it's in the ballpark. The top 10 wealthiest people now have the equivalent wealth of the bottom 66%. So <laughs> this, this currency, the U.S. dollar... It's full of whales. That's yeah, like what a, is that? What, can we can we get like a, a number few, on that? So like sixty six percent of what? What do we have? Three hundred thirty million people in the United States. Yeah, three hundred thirty. So like, years. what is that? Two hundred twenty million people. So like the top the top ten richest people in the United States or on the planet. Is oh, it, I, I don't know which planet. one it was. Is it on the planet or in the United States? I think I, I don't really way. know. That's why I clarified that yeah. I don't know the specifics. But we do know that the wealth gap has gotten increasingly larger 
especially after COVID. That's but to put it into perspective, say let's let's say not even the top ten people. Let's that'd say be, the top, top that'd be two hundred and twenty million yeah. people that let's like say ten people yeah hundred people have the combined wealth of the bottom two hundred and twenty million people. Yeah, it's insanity. E- even if that it were a hundred thousand had the same wealth as the bottom two thirds, it's it's honestly grotesque. Mm-hmm. We have we have artificial government policies <laughs> that are. What the fuck does grotesque mean, dude? Like disgustingly, <laughs> okay. like something like disgusting. But we have cheap monetary policy that is basically just inflating asset prices, which results in people like Elon Musk having. $70 billion in unrealized capital gains and Jeff Bezos' stock going to the moon, people getting filthy rich because their stocks are, they're driving the NASDAQ up, they're driving the S&P 500 up, and w- the wealth gap is getting worse. Inflation, do you think inflation hurts Warren Buffett? He's borrowing, uh, I'm, I don't know if he's actually, what his actual debts are, but Warren Buffett, an accredited investor, people would be happy to lend money to Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. He's able to borrow $100 billion, and he's going to pay a 3 4% interest rate on it. But that currency is being devalued by 7% every single year. So he is paying, essentially, he's paying back monopoly money. It's in his best interest to borrow the money and pay it back easier because the value of the purchasing power is getting uh, you know, lower and then he gets these assets. But the people at the bottom, what happens to them? The price of gas goes up. Their wage stays the same. Their rent goes up. Milk goes up. Eggs go up. The price of a used car goes up. Supply chain problems. But Max, all that stuff goes up for Warren Buffett, too. He has to pay an extra dollar for his milk or oh. an extra $2 for oh, his shoot. gallon of gas. Yeah. What you, about? You completely demolished my point. <laughs> I guess inflation hurts us all. I saw a CNBC article, or maybe it was CNN. It was saying that inflation is, uh, it hurts the wealthiest the most. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was appalled to hear that. They are like trying to groom our mindset to believe that. But the people who get screwed by inflation are the people at the bottom. And it's, I don't want to stand for it. So really why we wanted to talk about this is, to bring awareness to this issue, people of our generation, whoever's willing to listen, like this is our financial system, and it is crumbling. What's going on on uh, usdebtclock.org? We have $29.8 trillion in debt. How about, 29.8 how much, trillion. Somebody drop a fucking mic. Yeah, how, much is that, how much is that per U.S. citizen or per U.S. taxpayer? I think I it know. has that on there. Yeah, it, it? it actually does. So if... Every single taxpayer were to take care of that debt obligation, which essentially this debt today, is, if they yeah, all paid it today, yeah, this this debt will get paid by government income, government revenue. Where does the government revenue come from? It comes from the U.S. The taxpayer. taxpayers. So if the U.S. taxpayers paid off this debt obligation that the government has accrued through the past, you know, four, five, six administrations that were just grotesquely irresponsible, it would require every single taxpayer to pay $238,534. Do you guys have that to spare? No. Well, that's what, no. it, that's what it'll know. take Hell to make our no. government solvent. I don't know anybody that has that to spare. No. The top wealthiest in the United States make 450000 a year. And right. then people our age are like tripping because they didn't make a million last year. It's like, dude, did you clear thirty grand? Right. Like, 
come on, guys. Let's let's be real. Let's stop doing all this fake bullshit. Let's talk about real life, real shit. Let's talk about us being the new generation of Americans, and because this is gonna be our land, mm-hmm. and it better be the land of the free. You know, home of the brave, baby. Yep. <clears throat> so, I mean that that That's number is a. What do you think about? Is that the first time you've heard that number? I've I've actually uh, seen the the amount of money to pay per taxpayer is that is that what that is that was per taxpayer per citizen per citizen is, is a little lower yeah yeah but even but there's a lot of people 000, that aren't taxpayers yet me as an electrician's apprentice is like that's like two full years of working like like 40 hours a week every single week sometimes over time 89 what is that eighty nine thousand? yeah it'd take me two full years yeah, like, and at least. It, and let's put it in this perspective. All, you're, you brought I in live. the. I, I gotta eat food. I gotta pay yeah, for gas and bro. rent and. Yeah, yeah. Our, let's I put can't it. Afford to pay that. Let's yeah, put dude. it in and this. And I didn't sign up for it. Right. Yeah, I didn't sign up for this either. So that's a good point, bro. Yeah, a, he brings up how many years of honest labor it's going to require for him to fulfill that debt obligation. You also so, didn't sign up for freedom, and you have it, and that's why that we're doing true. this. Because hey, that's good, yeah. yeah. Like, legit, guys, we have every opportunity to be as great as we want it to be. And I think few individuals manifesting thoughts that are great for mankind, I feel like with all this shit going on, we have to all manifest a thought together. But uh, real quick, what were you going to say, Max? All right. We're going to call it on one minute. Uh, The last thing I wanted to bring up was the U.S. gross domestic product, which is the total economic output that every single person and every single company and every entity in the United States, uh, all the value proposition that they create, all the dollars that they earn. So the economic output in our country is $23.4 trillion. So... If we wanted to pay off our national debt, we would have to take right now the debt to GDP ratio is 127%. It would require 1.27 years of every single dollar earned by every single person and every single company in the United States. They don't get any money to spare. Every single dollar goes towards the U.S. national debt. 1.27 years to pay that off. Drop the mic. We'll come back. Part two. Here we go. Part two coming.